What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chewing, a baseball podcast. My name is Mike Brown. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, uh, baseball, uh, the hot stove is turned straight up again. Um, we've had a flurry of moves since the last time I uh, I was live with the cast. Um, tons of tons of signings. Um, to a couple interesting trades. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot to get to here. A lot to break down. Um, it's super nice to see the kind of flurry of moves that have happened in the last, I would say, ten days, or since the last time uh, we recorded. Um, and we're starting to see some top guys, you know, come off the uh, come off the board here. Um, namely, George Springer signing with the Blue Jays. But first, let's kind of retrace our steps. Um, since it's been a while since I've done this podcast. Um, notably, we have DJ LeMayhew re-signing with the New York Yankees. I believe it was like a six-year deal for, I think, something like $90 million. Um, so LeMayhew was uh, rumored um, to be of interest to the Blue Jays at one point. Um, <clears throat> even the Dodgers, I think, probably checked in on LeMayhew. Ultimately, he heads back to the Yankees, which, uh, you know, I think there was mutual interest there. Um, and the Yankees definitely needed him. He's kind of been the best Yankee hitter um, <clears throat> since he kind of put on the pinstripes a couple of seasons ago. So the Yankees definitely needed to make this happen. Um, and they, they do. Uh, they just kind of had to wait it out. I think a sa- the same thing is going to happen with JT Realmuto and the Phillies. I think it's going to be a similar situation where... There's mutual interest. They just have to kind of work out the details and and figure out how much money, uh, how many years, um, so on and so forth. So they pick up LeMahieu, and in the same day, they pick up Corey Kluber, um, who had previously worked out for a few teams, I think up to 20 20 MLB teams, had watched him throw a a session. Um, So, yeah, Kluber signs a one-year deal for $11 million. Uh, Some folks were a little uh, caught, uh, caught off guard or, you know, uh, kind of put off by the $11 million figure there for one year for Kluber, um, who really hasn't pitched, um, you know, for an, any sort of extended period in a couple of years now. He pitched about an inning for the Rangers last season before going down with an injury. 2019 uh, was kind of an inj- another injury plague season, and he didn't really pitch well when he was on the mound. So the Yankees here trying to bolster their rotation. Um, this pretty much assumes that, or pretty much assures that uh, Tanaka is not going to come back. Um, so they're pretty much left with the rotation now, of course, headed by Garrett Cole, uh, and then featuring Corey Kluber um, and, and a few other pieces here. Um, Paxton probably is not going to come back. Um, they have guys like Davey Garcia, uh, Clark Schmidt, I believe, who's one of their prospects. Uh, Luis Severino, I think, is supposed to come back at some point from Tommy John surgery this season. So uh, definitely no locks after Garrett Cole in that rotation. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, Kluber could come out and be decent, or he could be bad. I don't think he's gonna come back and be, um, you know, the Cy Young winning Corey Kluber of old. I just, I just don't see that happening. So Yankees get a couple moves done within within a 24-hour period, um, and then. Uh, so the, some of the top end bullpen arms are starting to sign. Liam Hendricks uh, signs a deal with the White Sox. Uh, I believe it's like a four four year deal uh, for fifty four million dollars. Um, Hendricks has kind of emerged over the last couple seasons as the premier uh, relief pitcher in in all the game, <clears throat> and 
he got paid uh he got paid that way uh the, the contract definitely reflects that um he's definitely a guy that's bounced around from the royals i believe to the blue jays uh to the to the a's and it's only been with the a's that he's really kind of taken off over the last couple seasons so um White Sox kind of, uh, you know, part probably part ways with Alex Colomay. He's probably not coming back. Colomay was their closer last season. Um, and the White Sox have a nice little bullpen. Definitely, um, definitely an underrated, under-the-radar bullpen. They had a bunch of guys, um, you know, it's so under the radar that their names are escaping me at this point. But guys like Garrett Crochet um, and a few other pieces that uh, really had great seasons last year. Um, so that White Sox bullpen is definitely under the radar, definitely something to keep an eye on. And now that they add Hendricks to the back end of it uh, to close out games, uh, this White Sox game is, sorry, this White Sox team is going to be very, very good. Um, definite, definite locks, I think, or definite favorites at the very least uh, to win that, that AL Central. Um, so moving along, uh, also last week, the Nationals um, agreed <clears throat> to sign John Lester, veteran, uh, you know, pitcher of Cubs and Red Sox fame. Obviously, um, he's at the end of his career here. Uh, Lester, I believe, is like 30. What is he? Lester is 37 years old and uh, signs a one year deal here with the Nationals um, and where he'll earn uh, five million dollars, I believe. So a really cheap deal um, to put him right at the back end of that rotation uh, behind uh, Corbin, uh, Strasburg, and 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 Scherzer. Um, so we'll see we'll see what the Nationals get out of Lester. This is probably his last season as a pitcher. Um, in twenty twenty, through sixty one innings, had a five point one six ERA, um, uh, ERA plus of eighty six. So he was below league average um, as a pitcher. And a FIP of 5.14, which is almost identical to his actual ERA. So, definitely, um, you know, Johnny Lester's uh, an old, an older guy now. So, um, but definitely a nice piece, especially if he can give them some decent amount of innings. He's pitched over 170 innings, uh, going all the way back to 2014, 2014. Uh, pitched even more than that in 2014. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, wow. He's never pitched less than 170 innings. Has John Lester. Um, apart from his two early seasons at age 22 and 23, and then apart from last season, um, which was, of course, a shortened season. So he is an innings eater um, and very dependable, very durable, very dependable. So uh, Nationals get some get some security there at the back end of the rotation. If he can be like a regular number four or five guy for them, um, that'll be very good, very good for them. Uh, the Padres uh, just keep keep dealing here. Uh, Padres acquired Joe Musgrove in a three-team trade with the uh, Mets and the Pirates. Uh, Padres give up none of their top prospects again, uh, which is v- crazy. AJ Preller now has acquired Blake Snell, Yu Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Mike Clevenger. Probably missing somebody, but. Um, yeah, he's acquired all these guys and not have and hasn't had to give up any top prospects, um, any top five, um, you know, remaining. Pro- I think Patino actually was a top five guy for them, but um, yeah, I mean Mackenzie Gore, Morahone, um, the guy they the outfielder they drafted in the twenty twenty draft, whose name is escaping me now, uh, Lucas Harrell. I don't know if that's him or not, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, 
it's crazy how the, the job AJ Preller has done in totally reforming this rotation. So now you look at the Padres rotation um, with Musgrove um, working backwards, Musgrove, Lamette, uh, Darvish, Snell, and then you get Paddock in the fifth spot. And then you have a bunch of uh, other options as well. Um, you have Mackenzie Gore, who's obviously a, a highly touted prospect. Um, and, and, and yeah, and, and you, you can, you can kind of, uh, the, the Padres are building a lot of depth here with this team. Um, they signed, uh, the guy out of Korea, Kim, I believe, uh, who doesn't really have a, a spot on this team, but, uh, he's going to find at bats and he's going to find playing time. And, um, you know, they have a ton of depth now. If anyone gets hurt, they have, you know, a ton of depth here to, to be able to compensate for that. And, they're going to make a, a real push. I still think the Dodgers are better than them. I still think the Braves are better than them. Um, but they're right there, probably the third or fourth best um, third or fourth best team in the National League. A lot of people don't give the Braves, have kind of uh, slept on the Braves. Um, but we forget that the Braves were, you know, a game away from going to the World Series last season and still have a lot of that, that team intact. They still have uh, they made additions to that rotation. Uh, they're probably going to get Mike Soroka back, but they added Charlie Morton. They added Drew Smiley to kind of round that rotation out. Um, so yeah, don't don't sleep on the Braves. But the Padres definitely a top five team in the National League now, without question. Um, will make the playoffs. Would be very very disappointing if they didn't make the playoffs uh, as a wild card at the very least. Um, so in this trade. Uh, the Mets actually acquired Joey LaCasey, uh, who was kind of a fringe starter for the Padres last few seasons, um, a lefty, kind of a funky delivery. Um, so the Mets kind of uh, add a you know fourth or fifth starter or maybe even a bullpen piece in, in LaCasey. Pirates get catcher, outfielder Andy Rodriguez, who I believe was a Mets prospect. And then they get a few other guys as well um, from the from the Padres here. So Musgrove uh, is actually very cheap at this point in time. Um, I think he's still in his arbitration years. Um, but yeah, he's uh, definitely cheap and definitely a guy that's kind of on the rise. Uh, he was definitely a top prospect uh, with the Astros. Ended up going to the Pirates in the Garrett Cole trade originally. And has, you know, uh, his best season was probably his 2020 year. And of course, there's a small sample size there, but um everything seems to point that he's kind of turning into a sneaky uh sneaky good great pitcher here um so we'll see how he continues to develop at the very least the, the Padres aren't asking much out of him you know obviously they have Snell and Darvish and 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 Lamette and then they're looking to get um you know Clevenger back next season but you know Musgrove man on, on a on a team that's stacked like that with that rotation uh, having him in the four hole or you know uh, pitching fifth um, every five days is uh, a real blessing for them. Honestly, it's uh, pretty crazy the the rotation the overhaul that this team has has gone through here over the last uh, you know ten months here or so. So Padres get Musgrove, and then the biggest move so far <clears throat> over the last ten days or so, probably the biggest move since uh, Lindor got traded to the Mets is the Blue Jays signed George Springer to a six-year, $150 million deal. Uh, this came down about two days ago. Um, and yeah, the Blue Jays get a guy that will fit nicely at the top of that uh, batting order with uh, the young crop of guys that they have there um, with Vlad Jr., Bichette, uh, Kevin Biggio, uh, Lourdes Goriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Randall Grichuk. 
So he will uh, Springer will slot in very nicely here. Um, he's been a very consistent player. Obviously, he has a, 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 a tremendous postseason track record. We've all seen it. A bunch of home runs in the, in the postseason. It seems like every time he's up in the postseason, he's hitting one yard. Um, he's hitting one deep there. Um, his OPS plus for his career is 131. He's got a career slash of 270, 361, 491. Uh, 174 homers over his career, um, averaging 35 bombs a season. Uh, this is a really good player. Um, you know, probably top 25 player in the league, top 20 player in the league. I don't know if that's accurate, but uh, I mean, great, great player. Um, you know, regardless of the kind of stigma, obviously, <laughs> and the asterisk that the Astros have after that um, that 2017 World Series. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, this this is uh this is a top player in the league here obviously he's uh he's past 30 uh he's 31 years old and will be 32 in september of this year so this is his age really his age 31 season um but yeah six years 150 million dollars um this is probably one of the bigger blue jays contracts in history i would have to think um but yeah up to this point the blue jays have been in on basically every big name this offseason they finally make it happen with Springer here. Just after that, they also come to an into an agreement with Kirby Yates um, to help solidify that bullpen, which was also pretty decent, I think, last season. Um, <clears throat> so Yates um, gets a one-year uh, $8.25 million deal with some incentives uh, tagged onto that. Uh, so Yates is 33 years old. Uh, this will be his age 34 season, it looks like. Uh, so he's getting up there uh, in age here. But in, tw in 20, 2020, uh, he pitched four and a third innings. Um, didn't pitch well <laughs> uh, for the Padres. Gave up six earned runs, a homer. I don't know if he was hurt part for parts of last season. But in 2019, uh, he was dominant. Um, 41 saves, over 60 innings, uh, with a 1.19 ERA, and a 15 uh, strikeouts per nine, uh, K per nine which is uh, pretty nuts, um, pretty pretty good here. Um, so Yates um, oh, pisses me off so much. He was an angel in 2017, <clears throat> almost forgot about that, threw an inning for the Angels, uh, a team that desperately needs uh, arms at, any, at all times. But regardless, um, he was also a Yankee, a Ray. Yeah, so Yates really came into his own uh, from about 2017 onwards, basically right after he left the Angels, joined the Padres for four seasons. And as when he was with the Padres, uh, had a 2.55 ERA over those four years, uh, 183 and uh, two-thirds innings pitched. Um, so yeah, the Blue Jays add kind of a, a closer here um, to the back end of that uh, bullpen. So the only thing with the Blue Jays is, to me, their rotation probably needs a couple more pieces here. Um, <clears throat> I think they picked up the option on um, not Zach Godley. I'm thinking of another uh, Ray, uh, Diamondbacks pitcher here, uh, Robbie Ray. Um, so they picked up the option on Robbie Ray. They also signed, of course, Hinjin Ryu last offseason. Um, but they need a couple, probably need a couple more pieces. They have Nate Pearson, who's one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. Um, but they, they're probably a piece or two away in, in terms of the rotation from really, um, <clears throat> really challenging for kind of, you know, 
uh, going to the World Series, I think. I think the White Sox are probably ahead of them. The White Sox and the and the Blue Jays, to me, are two teams that are very similar. They've kind of turned it around um, with their young players, kind of at the same time frame. Um, and now, I think, but I think the White Sox are probably a step ahead of them with their young development, um, especially with the rotation. I think the White Sox rotation looks really good. The bullpen looks great. And the White Sox offense uh, is really locked in. I think their younger players have developed probably developed a little bit before them. Uh, guys like Eloy Jimenez, Moncada, uh, Luis Robert will be entering his second season, so we'll see what he's able to do. But, um, yeah, I think the White Sox and Blue Jays are very similar in a way, um, both kind of exciting young teams. But I, I think the White Sox are probably have an edge over the Blue Jays right now, even after the Springer signing. Um, I think the Blue Jays need to probably sign a – another arm or two um, to, to really round this out and, and really make this kind of a well-rounded, um, ex, you know, World Series kind of challenger-type team. So right after the Springer news broke, um, it was rumored that the Blue Jays were also close to signing Michael Brantley, um, but this actually never came to be. And within a few hours, uh, the rumor was, or the word got out that Brantley had a done deal with uh, the Astros to return to the Houston Astros. So uh, for a second there, Blue Jays fans thought that they had Springer and Brantley, but it turns out that Brantley ends up going back to the Astros. So Michael Brantley signs a two-year deal for $32 million, um, which, you know, Brantley's a really good player. At first thought that deal seems pretty rich to me, um, considering that Brantley's 33 so a lot of older players are actually getting paid pretty well here um, past 30. So that's kind of an interesting trend, something to keep an eye on. Um, but Brantley did post some really good numbers again in 2020. Um, he had a slash of 300, 364, and 476. He had an OPS plus of 126, hit five homers over 46 games. Kind of did Michael Brantley things, uh, kind of what you'd expect, um, you know, super good hitter, super talented um, so I think after losing Springer, the Astros definitely needed to try to keep Brantley. Um, he's a pretty big part of their core, uh, to go along with Altuve and Bregman and, 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 and Carlos Correa, obviously, um, they probably couldn't let Springer and Brantley both walk. So they bring, <clears throat> they bring Michael Brantley back, which is a great move. Um, he's been really healthy as a member of the Astros, um, who's only been there two seasons, but yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely maintained his health, uh, which is something that he was, had a hard time doing there for a couple seasons with the Indians, uh, in 2016, only played 11 games, 2017, 90. But, uh, as he's turned the corner, he seems to have turned the corner there or here, uh, in terms of his, in terms of his injuries. Um, so Astros re-sign Michael Brantley, so that brings us to the Twins, who have been pretty quiet um, so far this offseason. A lot of Twins fans probably expecting them to make some moves here, um, you know, given the kind of the upgrades <clears throat> to that White Sox roster. So the Twins end up signing uh, yesterday uh, Jay Happ uh, to a one-year deal, um, and he will earn $8 million. So Happ... Um, by no means, um, you know, a frontline guy or even probably a middle of the rotation guy at this point in his career. Uh, Hap is 38. Um, last season, he pitched 49 and a third innings, a 3.47 uh, earned run av- average. 
Um, so we'll see how Hap slides into this uh, Twins rotation. Um, you know, the Twins uh, are still a good team here. Um, I just wonder, they're just not kind of the the hot pick right now. Obviously, the White Sox have been making a ton of moves. Uh, Lance Lynn, Liam Hendricks. Uh, Twins have kind of st- stood pat. Nelson Cruz, who's played a big part of their, been a big part of their team last few seasons, uh, remains a free agent. Um, they let go of Eddie Rosario uh, early on in the offseason. So uh, we'll see what happens here. But um, obviously, they signed J.A. Happ. Um, nice kind of, I guess, innings eater piece, I, I suppose. Um, not too sure about this one. Um, we'll we'll kind of see, see how it goes. He's 38. Um, kind of, kind of. This one's kind of, kind of is what it is uh, as far as this move goes. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if the twins make any other moves, um, or or kind of stand pat here um, for the rest of the way. And last but not least, uh, the Angels sign Jose Quintana to a one-year deal uh, worth eight million. So basically, the same deal that Jay Happ got. Um, the Cubs continue to shed. Uh, pieces of their um, of their starting rotation. Uh, that's Darvish gone, Quintana gone, uh, Tyler Chatwood's gone, John Lester's gone. So uh, this Cubs rotation is going to look vastly different than it's looked in a few seasons uh, going into 2021. So Quintana, nevertheless, signs a one-year deal uh, with the Angels. Uh, last season, he was injured a bit uh, for the for the Cubs, which is kind of um, the opposite of kind of how his career's been. Over the last few seasons, uh, he's been kind of a um, a picture of, of consistency, really, um, in in the in in the league. Um, over 170 innings, uh, basically since 2012, which was his rookie season with the White Sox. So going back to 2018, Quintana's been pretty much a league average um, pitcher. He's got a 103 ERA plus. Uh, in 2018, he had a 93 ERA plus um, in 2019, and then over just 10 innings, a 102 ERA plus last season. So that's not too, uh, doesn't really count, but around league average uh, the last three seasons. Uh, before that, in 2017, he had an ERA plus of 118. Um, 2016 was his best season. He had an ERA plus of 126, so he was 26% better than uh, the rest of the, uh, the rest of the pitchers in the league. Um, and that year, he got some Cy Young votes in, in 2016. So, um, obviously, he's not the same guy as he was when he was with the White Sox um, or even that first season and a half uh, with the Cubs uh, after the Cubs traded for him. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think this move, we'll, we'll kind of grade this move in terms of, uh, in context of what else the Angels do the rest of the offseason if they go after Trevor Bauer if they sign a reliever and maybe another kind of mid-rotation guy. Um, so we'll, we'll see what other moves they have up their sleeve. Um, this is another kind of one-year, uh, you know, starting rotation kind of contract for the Angels that they've kind of been the king of the last few seasons um, with guys like Matt Harvey and Quintana, or sorry, and uh, Tehran, uh, Trevor Cahill. Um, you know, this has kind of been their their modus operandi for, uh, operandi for a while here uh, in terms of bringing in new new arms to try to get Mike Trout to the playoffs. So um, another kind of middle of the rotation piece for the Angels to go along with Bundy and Canning and Haney and see what Otani can bring um, if he's healthy. So 
uh, I assume the Angels will make a couple more moves here, or at least one more move to kind of uh, add another piece to the rotation here. Uh, definitely still missing that that final piece, that ace that they've needed for a few years now. So we'll, we'll see what happens with them. So out of the uh, the top three free agents that I've kind of been you know talking about this offseason, uh, Springer, Real Muto, and Bauer, we have Real Muto and Bauer left. Um, and it seems like there was some uh, some movement yesterday, um, some kind of interest from the Braves, I, I think, from uh, in terms of Real Muto maybe checking in or kind of um, circling back with him. Or, or s- s- there was there was some interest there from the Braves. Um, not sure to what extent. Um, Bauer, there's reports that it's probably down to the Mets and the um, uh, Mets and Angels, but uh, the Dodgers have also probably shown a little bit of interest or at least checked in. Uh, I'm sure a lot of teams have checked in with Bauer at this point, um, and I probably don't see him signing till you know spring training because um, I he's he kind of uh, seems like somebody that would kind of uh, you know exhaust all options, explore all avenues, and and just try to finesse uh, the best deal that he can, he can get uh, from a team. So uh, Real Muto will probably sign eventually. Probably again with the uh, the Phillies. I, I, I see him going back there. I can't really see any other team kind of really. I don't know. It, it's hard to see. It would definitely be a, a surprise team. I think if um, he does go somewhere other than the Phillies, I don't see it being the Blue Jays. He was cited the Blue Jays early in the off season, but I don't really see that coming to fruition now that they've uh, the, now that the Blue Jays, Blue Jays have uh, signed Springer uh, to a long term commitment. So. We'll see what happens with uh, with Real Muto there. And that will do it uh, for this episode of Big League Chewing, a baseball podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at ChewingCast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Big League Chewing. My name has been Mike Brown. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always, and I will see you guys very soon.